Well, hopefully tonight, I'll, uh, I have put kind of limited notes on my slides and kind of vague notes to try to give myself a, a better memory exercise. And hopefully I do not fail miserably, but hopefully I can remember the things that I want to share with you uh, this evening. Uh, <clears throat> in the, the, King the New King James Version, if you look at whatever the, the title that they give in there, they have it in there as Living Before God Our Father. And more specifically, I think something that fits a little bit better through this passage of Scripture that we're going to study tonight is about living prepared and holy, which is what the gist of what Peter is going to be telling these people. And you know, as we have discussed before, we're wanting to uh, <clears throat> probably not give a lot of Scripture references for the verses themselves that we're going to talk about, but more explain the, uh, the context within this chapter of what Peter is wanting to impart to these people. And you may remember he's talking to people that were dispersed. If you look back in the, the very first verse of this chapter, he talks about all the different places that these people were dispersed out and abroad, and they were dispersed because of persecution that was going on. We're under the time of Nero, and there was some great persecution that was going on at the time. And he wants to address these people to let their lights basically shine while they're upon this earth. He starts there in verse 13. He says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, whenever we've talked about before, when you see the word therefore, we know that we need to look backwards. And he's making some kind of conclusion about things that he had talked about before. And he's telling these people, that as we have talked about before, Jeremy talked about this last week, about uh, the, the trials and the things that these people were going through. Well, <clears throat> he's continuing to tell them that you will or are going through trials or are going to go through more trials. You're going to have your faith tested. But the good thing is, is that you have the assurance of eternal inheritance. You know, verse 4 previous to this says that their inheritance was reserved in heaven for them, that it, it does not fade away. You know, it, it, God did not make an empty promise to save them. Much like, you know, we, we think about if you compare that to Social Security today. You know, someday, I hope, whenever I get to the point of retirement age, that I hope that Social Security is going to be there. That's the promise that they have made to me. Hopefully, it does not end up an empty promise. But what Peter is telling these people is that their promise that they have, though, is from God. And it's not an empty promise. It is guaranteed to them, and it will not fade away. It is guaranteed for them when Jesus is revealed from heaven. So knowing this, he wants them to do the following things that he talks about in the, in the following verses. While you are here waiting for that day, these are, this is how you should be. He says there, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, <clears throat> we've talked about this several times. What girding up means is, you know, they used to wear uh, longer robes in the day. And whenever it was hard to run in something like that or do battle in a robe. So what they would do is that they would gather it up and they would tie it up right around in here, you know, and they would gather it up. So their legs could be free. They could either perform battle or run or do any other kind of thing that they needed to do with this girding up. 
And the idea that Peter is giving here is that he wants these Christians to do this with their mind. Not necessarily a physical bodily, not girding themselves up in their actual robes, but girding up their minds. And what he's wanting them to have is, is during this time, he wanted them to have a mental awareness of the things that were going on. Prepare your mind to run if, let's say, that these people needed to flee persecution. They need to have their minds prepared to be able to recognize the things that are going on, to maybe if they needed to flee persecution. You know, you recall Matthew chapter 24. Jesus told them whenever they saw these certain things, know that these things were coming. And then when you do that, when you see those things, you flee into the mountains. You know that bad things are coming. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's telling them this here. Or they're going to be in a spiritual battle. You know, their mind is going to be in a battle. When you go through the trials and the persecutions that they were going to go through, it was a big battle in their mind. And they needed to have their minds girded up and ready to stay strong or to overcome these kind of trials. And he wanted them not to be lazy or unprepared, which is why he says uh, <clears throat> about being sober. You know, the Greek word there, 3535, it's nepho is the word. But normally when you think of be sober, usually in the Bible we think of, you know, to not drink wine or to not be drunk. But there's also the idea figuratively to be discreet or in the other terms that are used or be sober or watch. So he wanted these people to be prepared. Thayer's definitions of those says to be sober, to be calm and collected in spirit, to be temperate, dispassionate, or circumspect. <clears throat> so I think this really fits the idea here of what Peter is trying to get across is that he wants them to be calm and collected during these things. There is no need to get overly stressed and uh, freak out, if you will, to use a better term. You ever see somebody or a TV show or whatever, old TV shows, or, you know, you'd have somebody getting all stressed out and they're like, oh, 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 and then somebody just whacks, smacks them across the face, right? And then it's like, okay, I'm good now. <laughs> and I think that's what he doesn't want these Christians to become all bent and out of shape about the things that were going on, that they need to be calm and collected. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be prepared to help yourself go through these things. You know, think of the one who's girded up for battle. He's got himself ready. And, you know, uh, a, a boxer, when you, when you talk about here about being calm and collected in spirit, it's, it gives you the idea that you're methodical, and paying attention to what's going on. You talk about a boxer, whenever they're in the ring, any boxers, they have a goal, they have a pattern, they have a, a certain way that they fight, and it comes at a certain way. And when they think about these things, they're very methodical. They just don't go out there flailing punches around hoping that they hit something. They're very calm and collected and methodical. And I really believe that in light of what Peter is telling these people here about being sober, this is what he wants them to do. Be calm, collected, and watch for the things that are going to come your way. He says, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. With this being stressed out, 
you don't have to be like that. It says just pre prepare yourself for these things and stay calm. Your expectation, which is what his, he's talking about, their hope, say your expectation is coming. All these things that you will go through do not matter and they do not compare to what you've been promised. And I want to point out that he says to rest your hope fully upon the grace. You know, not partially when you feel like it or you can rest most of your hope on there. He says rest your fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's their whole hope and goal and uh, forward thinking, looking ahead that he wants them to do. Don't fear. Nothing that you will endure here I think is what he's telling them, will compare to what's in store and neither can it be taken from you. He reassured them about what it said in verse 4. It's something that doesn't fade away and it's going to be given at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He continues on in verse 14 through 16, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Now I want <clears throat> to ask you, you could probably think that Peter here is giving them general rules or general instruction about being holiness or holy, and that probably is true, but why necessarily does Peter pick this particular time to tell them about the be holy for I am holy and not conforming yourselves to the former lust whenever he's talking about going through trials and persecutions. First, I don't I think that he doesn't want them to turn back to their old ways in the face of adversity. In light of the trials and the persecutions that they're going through, in order to escape those things, I think he's telling them don't go back to those things to be able to escape them because obviously if they weren't Christians and practicing those things, obviously the persecution would not come their way. So don't go back to those things. Don't hide your light. Go ahead and let it shine because you're guaranteed this inheritance. You know, later in, on in Peter, he will warn about turning back into those old ways, about, you know, he's talking about the, the dog returning to his vomit and the pig back to the wallowing in the mire that it, it's not a good thing it's like that last state is worse than they were off in the first state of when it, before they obeyed the gospel but he continued on and he says as obedient children and I know I put those two backwards but I did it for a reason second is because this is what children of God do they are obedient in times like these you know we teach our own children to do the same thing do we not whenever trials or anything comes our way or, or adversity we try to teach them that there are certain ways that they should act there are certain ways that they should handle certain situations and we know if they do those things right because they end up as obedient children they end up doing those things like we instructed them to do whenever adversity came along they did they end up doing what is right and I think that's what Peter is telling these people is that as obedient children this is what you will do you will do what's right you won't turn and conform yourself to the old ways but you will end up being holy in all your conduct because it is written be holy for I am holy <clears throat> 
which is what he says in the last part of this verse. But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now, I want to talk about this part for a second. And hopefully I can make this make sense of, of what's in my head when I talk about this. But about the be holy, for I am holy. You know, if you have a, a, a group, a, a platoon of soldiers, let's say, and you have a commander and you have other guys behind them and they're in the middle of this battle and you've got this commander up there what he wants to do is he wants to encourage these soldiers to like let's say in this case instead of holy he uses brave let's say be brave because I am brave you know he's the commander and he's the leader of this platoon and he's saying be brave because I am brave so he stands up there and fights with him and what he doesn't want the people to do or the guys under him is he doesn't want them to turn and retreat and and leave the battle he wants them to stay and be brave because he is brave he is the leader so I think in this same respect these Christians here would be in a spiritual battle and our commander who is Jesus would not want them to retreat so it is better for them to be holy says be holy for I am holy you know in this situation for them to be holy was to be brave and for them to stay holy was for them to be brave through this and Peter does not want these people to retreat he doesn't want them to leave their commander which is Jesus to stay in this spiritual battle it is better to be holy and to die with him than it would be to turn and retreat. And it's always been honorable to follow God. You know, he, he repeats a phrase here, be holy for I am holy. This is a, a principle that was had been around for thousands of years. It goes all the way back to Leviticus is where it was first written. So this is something that has gone on for all of God's people about to be holy for I am holy. Now specifically here, Yes, he could be giving him general instruction about being holy as the general Christian life. But I think in specifically in this situation, why is he saying it here? Is because he doesn't want them to turn from those things. But to be brave, go ahead and be holy. Let your light shine before men through all these trials and persecutions that they would be going through. In verse 17, it says, And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. What I don't think Peter means here is about conducting your time or your stay here in fear as in fear of everything that's going on or not in fear of man, but I think he's, he's talking about in fear of God, in reverence to God, following the commandments of God while they are through or on this earth he says conduct yourselves in fear of the Lord not of man knowing there in verse 18 through 19 knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot this was what would give them their strength it, they knew that they were bought with a price this was their duty this is what they owed 
really to the Savior was to be holy through all these persecutions and trials. Jesus remained holy through his trials and the persecutions that he went through. He set the ultimate example. So these people too should be the same. And knowing that these people would realize that they weren't redeemed with corruptible things, they weren't bought with money or gold or all these other earthly things that you find on this earth that perish with using. And there are, are some things you won't do for any amount of money. So it, it shows us the idea of that uh, things upon this earth like silver and gold and those things, they only have so much value. But it's not enough value to buy your soul, to buy your life, to pay the debt for your sin. But these people, he wanted them to know that they were bought with the precious blood of Christ. They were bought with something far, far more valuable than the gold or the silver that uh, <clears throat> by the aimless conduct that was received by tradition from their fathers. This Jesus that they were bought with, this precious lamb that was slain for them, says he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. You know, his sacrifice for them was significant. It wasn't something that was offhanded on the whim, you know, as an afterthought. Now again, not bought with any earthly or dispensable things that were already here as an afterthought. And it's like, well, I'll tell you what, we'll use what's here to buy your salvation. But it was something much more than that. It was something that was foreordained. It was planned before even the foundation of the world, before God, before Genesis 1 and verse 1, where it says that God created the heavens and the earth. Before then, it was determined that God would give His Son for these people that Peter is talking about here. Not only for everybody else before then and everybody else after, but specifically He wants them to know He was foreordained to give His life for you at this point. So it is your duty, basically. It's your responsibility that through these times you remain holy. Stay holy and don't go back to those things before. Endure the persecution if it comes along. In the last verse, he says, in verse 21, it says, Who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Here's the, the gist of the matter. Here's why he did it. Not so your faith was in anything that's on this earth, not silver or gold or all these other things, but in Jesus Christ, and your faith and hope are in God. Not on earthly things, not on animal sacrifices, not men on earth, but only in God. That is why it was all done. So if you were to, <clears throat> if I was to, I guess, give a, a synopsis of these nine verses, I would say that <clears throat> Peter here was saying that to tell these people, prepare yourself and be ready for the persecution coming your way. But don't be disheartened. There is grace and reward coming with Jesus when he returns. But until that day comes, be obedient and holy beacons of light while you're in the world. You are a representative of the Father in heaven while you're here, so live in reverence of him because he bought you with a high price. The life of his only son 
which he raised from the dead, so that you may have hope and faith in God above. I can, uh, now for a, a couple applications for this tonight, I can really think of about no better applications than to simply put across the same things of what he come across to these people because the applications are so plain from there. And you know, we talk about the, the, the current distress that our, our country's in. You know, we, uh, <clears throat> there has been mild forms of persecution going on for a long time, but it seems like the, the more and more and more time goes by, our persecutions get worse and worse and worse. And rest assured that there are probably worse persecutions that are coming that we're already seeing them in the world. Now, how bad they become remains to be seen. I hope and I pray that we never get to the point where we're suffering persecution like the first century Christians did under, under Nero and some of the other emperors. But <clears throat> there is a current distress and there are things that are going on. And I think that the things that Peter said to these Christians there are just as applicable today to us as they were to these Christians. So I have a couple applications for you this evening. I want you to first be prepare yourself and watch. You know, Brother Jeremy uh, led the song of about soldiers of Christ arise. In Ephesians chapter 6, and I don't have this on a, a slide, But if you want to follow along in the New Testament, you can. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Quickly there, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You could go on for hours looking at those verses and, and talk about those things. But Peter has told us these things. Paul left you a model of exactly how to prepare yourself for anything that goes on in this world. He told you the specific things that you can don onto yourself and just go study those things out. I'm not going to elaborate on a lot of it because it would take up uh, a lot of time this evening. But I can think of no better way to explain it than the way Paul already has it explained. Also, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 6 through 11, I'd like to read that too. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6 through 11, it says, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we shall live together with him. Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. You know, if Paul told the Thessalonians very plainly that they were to, to watch, you know, earlier on in this chapter, he was talking about the day of the Lord and how that they were watched, to watch, that this day would not overtake them as a thief, that they would be able to prepare themselves for that day whenever it comes. Even though they didn't know exactly what day it would come, they would be able to prepare themselves. How much more then should we be able to watch and prepare ourselves for the things that we can already see that are happening now? The persecution that is coming, however bad it may be, we can see it in the world, we can see it happening, and we can see that it's getting worse how much more we should be preparing ourselves for those things that are coming our way. And the second thing that I want to leave with you is what Peter told them about be holy for I am holy is to live holy. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27, it says there, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You know, when, when Jesus or Peter told them to be holy, for I am holy, Jesus repeated the same thing at one point while he was here upon this earth, and God said it to his people back in Leviticus. But let your conduct or your way of life, your actions here while you're on this earth, be worthy of the gospel of Christ. They should measure up to a standard that we have. It should be a holy standard, which is what the gospel teaches us. And that we strive together with one mind, striving together for the faith, for the faith of the gospel. You know, not only do we, are we going to strive for it individually while we're here, but we're going to strive for it together during these things that come our way, whether we suffer individual persecution or persecution as a congregation or whatever, we should conduct ourselves as worthy of the gospel of Christ. And finally, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, Peter there said, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. You know, <clears throat> I don't want to step on the toes of whoever has this section of Scripture in there coming up, but what Peter is saying in there, here, here's the reason why he's telling them to be holy and why to conduct themselves in fear while they're here. It's, to have their conduct honorable among the Gentiles. What he's talking about, I believe here, would be the conduct of the, the people who think that Christianity is evil, which is what the 
Romans at the time, Nero's people thought that Christianity was evil. Have your conduct honorable among those people. That when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, they're going to see what you do. They're going to see if you're still living holy, the good things that you do. Glorify God in the day of visitation. That is when Jesus is returned. The end of these things is to silence the wicked. That's the reason he wants them to stay holy. Because these people, they will be judged in the end. They will be judged compared according, or in comparison to Jesus' church. And in the end, they will glorify God, even though it will be too late for many of those. And they will receive eternal separation from God. But it's to silence the wicked. That's why we live as we do. That's why he tells them to live on this earth like that. I hope that some of the things that we have talked about tonight will uh, encourage you in the face of the things that are possibly coming our way. And we have a song of encouragement that we would like to sing at this time. We invite you to come forward and, and if you have any desires from the church at this time, whether it be prayers on your behalf or to obey the gospel, we want to give you this opportunity now to help you. If you'll come forward, have a seat on the front while we stand and while we sing this song that's been selected.